Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Title Town Sports Podcast. We are your hosts. My name is Craig Stanton. Um, Melissa Burns. What up? And it is the first week of December. We have three teams in action. I hear those <laughs> Yeah, we're all gearing up for Christmas in the Title Town studios, if you will. <laughs> are we ever? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing Christmas. I heard an interesting stat. I actually read an interesting stat uh, about the month of December. Do you want to know what it is? I do. I'm going to butcher it. But in the Brady-Belichick era, the Patriots are something like 44-3 and at home in December. Okay. Their home December (laughs) record is impeccable. There's a lot of caveats to that. Well. Anyway, uh, we're going to catch you up on what's going on around town. And then we're going to step outside of New England and talk about some greater NFL goings on. Yeah, we're going to get so. into this uh, this whole domestic violence problem that the NFL has. Yeah. So So enjoy that. Yeah, good luck to them. All <laughs> right. Yeah, that's like... <laughs> Happy holidays. All right, everybody. Enjoy the episode. <laughs> Melissa, hi. Hey, Craig. How are you? I'm doing great. What a week. Oh, man. So much happened. Tons of stuff going on. People uh, getting suspended and fined and dropped. Yeah. Teams playing. Some winning. That's a nice Patriots might see. win the division this week. They could. Yeah. Good t-shirt and hat game coming up. Is there anything that that relies upon? Or is it just if they win, they I win. If they lose, if they, they don't. If they win, they win. Sick. Yeah. I could. I think. Well, I don't think. I know. The Dolphins have the second best record, so it would be them that they would be almost like kicking out of divisional contention. Right, right, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're six and six. Tenth in a row. Tenth division title in a row. Yeah. Isn't that fucking wild? It is kind of wild. It makes you forget how spoiled we are. Yeah, oh yeah. And, Big you time. Know, and the, like each year, the, I don't really care about them winning. The, I mean, I care. It's just a sure. foregone conclusion it's just a that they're going to win the division. Happens. But yeah. like when you look at it, like, 10 years it's in like a row, it's like death taxes God. and the Patriots winning the division. You know what sucks? I was talking about this the other day. That's good point. <laughs> Uh, the fucking Brady, like we're in a situation now where Brady breaks a fucking record every time he yeah, steps on the field. Like he did it again sometimes. last week, yeah. the thousand yards rushing, whatever. <laughs> it's not a record, but it's just a milestone. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> well, it might be a record how long it took him to get to a True. That's yards. a good point. Uh, so I just, it just, I was reminded about how much of a jam up that 2009 year is. Yeah. And if you remember, not to like bore our you, myself, and all the listeners with like a fucking history lesson, but like 2000, oh, I'm sorry, 2008, the year Brady tears his ACL. Yeah. And Matt Castle takes over. The fucking Pats go 10 and 6. And if Brett freaking Favre and the New York Jets were able to win a home game against the Dolphins in week 17 of that year, the Patriots would have gone to the playoffs as a wildcard team. Thus, yeah stringing together like the pre-ACL and the post-ACL era. Yeah. Because that was basically the halfway point of Tom Brady's career, more or less, like with a playoff run at least. So like all these like longevity to like, oh, eight years in a row, nine years in a row, 10 years in a row. Like it's all, the cutoff point is that one fucking season that they missed the playoffs because Brady tore his knee up. We have our own like BC and AC timeline. They were were 10 and six. It's not like Uh, they were bad. Yeah, they didn't even, it's not like they went five and 11. Like they didn't even turn into complete scrubs. No, not even close. A 10 and 16 should be in the playoffs. Anyways, (laughs) I digress. Should we get, yeah, should we talk about the current Patriots team? Yeah, sure. All right. Uh, Why don't you tell us? I'm all jazzed. Yeah, Yeah, let me just get in there. Jacked up. Why don't you just get going here? So the New England Patriots uh, had a big win at home against the Minnesota Vikings last week. Uh, they won 24 to 10 and really pulled ahead in the second half. Uh, this game saw two touchdowns by fullback James Devlin, of all freaking people. Um, and it certainly lends credence to the Patriot way and the idea that yeah, anyone and everyone can contribute to the offense and you never know where they're going to get points from. Yeah, I say that because I ref- I never play the stupid Patriots and fucking DraftKings because they'll always hose you. Yeah, pretty much. It's okay. a good strategy <laughs> to avoid that team. It makes me angry. Keep going. Uh, <laughs> On a personal note. Uh, Pats this week are going to head down to Miami to play the Dolphins. This is a notoriously difficult road game for them, and hopefully they keep the wins coming and finish out the season strong. They do, like we just said, have a, a chance to clinch the yet another division, I believe. Mm-hmm. It would be the 10th in a row, yeah. which they'll inevitably clinch anyways, whether or not they do yeah. it on Sunday is a separate question, but we'll yeah. see. Well, it's important. They have a pretty 
you know, the road from here is pretty simple. They got Miami, the Bills, the Jets, and the Steelers. Steelers which on the road. Could be the only like real competition that's yeah. thrown at them. So they need to really focus on like win the games that you're supposed to win at this point of the year. Yeah. And like, let's get it done. And they didn't do that in the beginning of the season. And it's like, they sure so didn't. It, it, and they, <laughs> they do, they should care and they do care about seeding and having that number one seed yeah. is so huge in the NFL where you have to play two home games to make the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Like that is, that is choice. Right. That is ideal. You know, and the teams ahead of you are doing their part. Like the Chiefs have kind of fallen off a little bit. You know, the Chargers are lost, still strong. Though. Other than that LA game. Sure, but like we'll get to the Chiefs. <laughs> we sure will. You know, they're not undefeated anymore, right? And the Chargers have like played well. The Texans are playing well. Yeah. But you know, it's not like these teams are juggernauts that oh yeah, there's aren't no gonna lose something. Force, for right. sure. Yeah. All right. Let's turn attention to a not so winning team, the Bruins. Um, since we last spoke, things have not really improved for them. Uh, they beat the Islanders in a shootout. That was the one bright spot. Mm. They then lost to Detroit and Florida. That's brutal. Uh, the Florida game was atrocious. atrocious. Yeah. Oh, damn it. Good work. Yeah. <laughs> they actually got shut out by the Panthers, which was embarrassing to say the least. Five zip. Yeah. Blech. Yeah. Choke. At practice on Wednesday, Cassidy focused on the power play, getting the team to play looser and faster. I like that term. Uh, one strange side story is that defenseman Charlie McAvoy has been skating in practice, but hasn't made it back to gameplay, which is a little weird. I saw him in a defensive pairing for tonight. Oh, he's in tonight. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll see. Because mm. they keep saying that he's going to be back, and then he keeps not showing up on the ice. So I don't know what's going on there, but that's something weird to keep an eye on. Uh, <laughs> the Bruins stayed in Florida this week. Because uh, they're going to be playing Tampa Bay Thursday night, tonight, as we're recording. They then see Toronto, Ottawa, and Phoenix, meaning that they're going to play four games in six days, which is a real, that's a brutal stretch. And it's them. like, including Tampa, it's like road home, road home, you were saying? Yeah. So there's just like no rest for the weary mm. in that case. Um, also, in a gross and funny moment from this week, actually against the Islanders, Islanders, uh, former Bruin, uh, Johnny Boychuk. Uh, lended a helping hand and picked up Krejci's tooth off the ice after a hard hit and then brought it over to the bench and gave it to someone. And I heard Bruins players talk about it after. They were like, yeah, we didn't know what he had, but like, that's Imagine fucking weird. That's that. so gross. It wasn't, it wasn't. The only thing that would have made this story more perfect is if Johnny Boychuk delivered the hit, which he did not. He, he didn't. Did, no, he didn't. He did. It would have been so awesome though to just like, croak someone and then literally pick their teeth up off the ground i don't know maybe that makes it worse that he didn't deliver the hit because like if you delivered the hit you might have known you knocked his teeth out like true he's just like skating around the ice and when you watch him he's like doing a slow circle and then he's looking for it he like looks down and is like ooh, (laughs) (laughs) picks it up like it's a prize or he's the tooth fairy or something weird yeah hands it to kevin miller he's like yeah you're gonna want to take this down the tunnel yeah give it back maybe they can pop it in put it on some ice gross Anyway, so that was the Bruins. They're gonna have a. T- we, we we may be recording next week in in a real different sort of mm-hmm. state of mind yeah. with the Bruins because that that Panthers loss was the type of thing that makes you like that makes you a loss like that makes you want to like disband the team and just like not play yeah. hockey anymore because well, that was so that was such a stink bomb. It was like unbelievable. I mean, that's kind of how they lost the first game of the season too. True, and there's then- been like. Four of those games. Yeah, and that's the problem, is that it's not a one-off that keep happening. But that was against the defending Stanley Cup champions on their home ice as they raise a banner. This is against the Florida goddamn Panthers. Like, come on. Anyways, Celtics. Yeah. Bright spot. Oh. Celtics won. I think it was our talk. It really turned them around. Yeah, so since I (laughs) ranted and raved against whether or not Brad Stevens was a good coach, uh, he seems to have uh, heeded my advice and started winning games. Yeah, good good work. Celtics won both their games over the weekend against the shitty Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, they That was at home. And a half-decent Minnesota team, which was on the road. Mm-hmm. Biggest piece of news coming out of the Minnesota game was uh, the way that Gordon Hayward played. Scored 30 points off the bench on Saturday and looked like he was back mentally, physically. Uh, and in the past couple weeks... Oh, no, I'm sorry. Let me just restate that. <laughs> he scored 30 <laughs> points on Saturday and looked like he was back mentally and also physically. Um, came off the bench and looked really, really good. Uh, also fun little moment, like post game on that game. Like mm-hmm. he was like doing like the, whatever the interview and stuff. And like 
Gershon Yabuselli and like all these fucking random Celtics came out and like did like a little baby like Gatorade yeah. dump, which was very cute. Yeah. I say cute because if that's what it was, it <laughs> wasn't like triumphant. It was just adorable. It felt like good team chemistry. It did. It did feel like good team <laughs> chemistry. Where was that for the first 20 games? Though? Well, Anyways, see, that's why they weren't winning. They're clearly very happy for Gordon Hayward. <laughs> The chemistry seemed to come after the 30 points, though, not before, but I digress. Whatever. Anyways. Agree to disagree. <laughs> in, the, in the past couple weeks, their schedule has slowed down uh, quite a bit, giving them some more time off and consecutive days to rest. Uh, and this seems to have been good for the team because it gives them an opportunity to assess their health, get in some practice sessions, which is important. Not a lot of like full team practices in the NBA. Um, and then this week, they've got the Knicks, the Bulls, and the Pelicans. Yeah. So, I mean, if they can keep winning, I, I, the Celtics have put themselves in a situation where, like, they almost need to, like, rip off, like, 12, 15 games in a row to, like, yeah. get back to, like, where they need to be or where they should be standings-wise. So, I don't know. We might be in that or getting close to that. We'll well, let's see. hope. Uh, and then last team in town, the Red Sox. Uh, MLB Hot Stove has officially started. The Sox have made one move so far. In fact, it was announced today, again, breaking news. Thursday. This is as close to breaking news as we're ever we're going to get. Gonna get. Uh, they signed October hero Nathan Ivaldi to a new four-year, $67.5 million contract. Big nuts, Nate. See if he blows his elbow out <laughs> in the first year. Uh, so uh, the Sox also announced that they accepted the invitation to the White House to celebrate their World Series win, but it will be optional for the players if they want to attend or not. You want well, to take yeah. an over under on how many are going to go? Oh, it's in that's it's interesting. I don't know. Baseball's a little bit different. Like clearly the NBA none of them go. The NFL has had their beef, but MLB's a little different when it comes to the presidential stuff. Yeah, there's I mean, a lot of good old boys that play baseball. That's too. true. If you look at like where a lot of MLB players are from, yeah. uh at least the Americans, it's it's Trump country. Like yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. South. It's the Some Midwest. Red states. Some red states. Um, so like, I don't know. I'd be curious. <laughs> Not a lot of I'm baseball also players curious. Coming out of Dorchester. I'm particularly curious about Cora specifically, who is like, he's, he's from Puerto Rico, from Caracas, I believe. Mm -hmm. And is like super, like all about Puerto Rico. Like she has given just gobs of his time and money and effort and into like recovery, hurricane relief and stuff from uh, Maria. And Obviously, the way that the hurricane and the and the relief efforts were handled by the president of the United States left quite a bit to be desired. So, like, I'm curious what Cora does there because he's also on the on the on the one side, he's like very very proud of where he's from and he's like a big advocate of Puerto Rico. On the other hand, he's like a generally classy guy. And I don't think he not that those things are conflicting, but like I don't think he wants to make a political I, statement. I don't think he wants yeah. to put himself into like that arena like you know what i mean i think he announced he's going like in did he i think okay. so i Good. could be wrong about that i mean I, I don't know i i, I, I think have he mixed said he's feelings go. about it because mm. it's like on the one hand if you wanted to like if it were any other fucking president like the fact that alex cora is like the first hispanic manager of in all of major league baseball i think or something like that sure. or no first puerto that's rican a, not hispanic, reasonable. but the first puerto rican <laughs> manager in all of major league baseball the first uh, person of color to be the uh, manager of the boston red sox like mm. you would want to go to the fucking white house and yeah, take the course. president's hand yeah but the president took a big steaming dump all over your fucking home state right territory yeah. island <laughs> and like i don't know what do you do there tough yeah i think at the end of the day like you go for the photo op opportunity to do it and because like you're the leader of the team and mm -hmm. he probably does not want to make it like a political thing and he doesn't want to have to like talk about it and make it a media question right to answer so i think he's going yeah cool all anyway. right well speaking of uh issues that are somewhat outside of the world of sports <laughs> a big headline this week was uh kansas city chiefs running back yeah kareem hunt you may know him as the guy who just absolutely fucking slayed the Patriots in week one last year. He led the NFL in rushing last year. Mm -hmm. He's off to a great start this year. Uh, he also completely just slayed a lady in the hallway of a hotel slash apartment complex that he lives in in Cleveland. There was no murder just taking place. But yeah, he was. Uh, yeah. I don't only, know if he was charged with assault. He was accused of assault. Yeah. She filed a police report. OK, so charged. And then uh, the Kansas City Chiefs could, apparently did nothing about it. And then a video came out, courtesy of TMZ, of the As altercation always. from the hallway of the hotel where there was a series of pushes yeah. uh, between Kareem Hunt and the woman who was accusing him of this act, which yep. we can all see in plain yep. daylight now that the video's out. Mm -hmm. 
the sort of real twisting of the knife, mm. metaphorically speaking, because there are no knives. Second <laughs> knife God. metaphor we've thrown yeah. this so far uh, <laughs> between the slaying and this is she, there was a moment where she like, there's just a big scuffle. It's a whole lot of people. If you haven't seen the video, there's and, and the woman falls and it's not really clear whether it's like a direct result of something Kareem Hunt did or whether it was just like a general sort of scrum. Yeah. But while she's on the ground, he kind of kicks her. Yeah. She's and like clearly woozy. She kneels back down. Yeah. She's either woozy or like injured, like legs. Like she like yeah. stands up and then like kneels back down. Yeah. She seems a little wobbly to say the least. She's also fucking wearing high heels. Right. And, and in oh, a fist fight. So right. like, yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, so yeah, just generally bad luck. The Chiefs then release him and uh, away we go. So it, it's brought up a whole bunch of questions about uh, this. Also, just to back up a little bit, yeah. the previous week, the Redskins signed, I think he's a safety, Reuben Foster, who had yeah. just been dropped by the 49ers after he was accused of some sort of domestic assault incident. Yeah. And so it just brings about the question within the NFL and really in sports in general, but the NFL has had some really high profile instances of this where it's like, like what do they do? My big question is like, okay, you clearly have a huge, you meaning the NFL, like the NFL clearly has a huge problem with yeah. employing a bunch of domestic abusers. When these incidents come out, they have a pattern now of behavior of trying their best to like willfully ignore these incidents or like go out of their way to sweep them under the rug. And they have, so and the, it just causes like a giant PR issue for the, for the league. Right. Uh, uh, you know, like, so those things are clear now at this point. Like my, I guess my big question is like, what the fuck do they do about it? Like, if you were if you were made commissioner of the NFL, like, what do you do? First of all, that would be amazing. Uh, yeah, I think- would it be right now? It sort of suck, but anyways, I'm know. sure you'd be embraced with open arms <laughs> just because your name's not Roger Goodell. Exactly, and I'm a woman. I That's just feel like accurate. I would get a lot of street capital for that. Yeah, what are they gonna do to me? Um, uh, yeah, I think that they have to be more aggressive about pursuing these issues. And the the reason that the NFL keeps going wrong is because they refuse to be the ones to like break the story. Essentially, they're allowing these third party media outlets to find the story. And then they get lumped in with like the bad guy side of things. Mm -hmm. You can't control every action that every player takes. There's like what, like 2000 NFL players like you can't be accountable for what all of them do. But when you find out that they did something or they might have done something, I would look into it a little bit more. I wouldn't just like be like, well, he said he didn't do it. So right. like, and that's okay, the thing where it's like, we go. There's like a difference between an actual, you know, uh, turning over of, of stones to try to get to the bottom of the story versus saying like, right. hey, Kareem, could you come in here a minute? <laughs> hey, man. Uh, so sort of got a phone call from the Kansas city police saying that you got like in a little uh, altercation on Saturday. Like what's the deal? Like, oh, nothing really happened, man. It was just like, you know, me and my girlfriend or whatever, just like yelling at each other. No big deal. All right, man. Cool. Thanks. See you Sunday. Thanks bro. Y you know what I mean? Like, so like <laughs> that is just like a totally superficial thing that like, yeah, it's clear that like the teams need to take this much more seriously when it happens. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I guess that's not like the NFL. Like, that's not like the league sure. brass. Like that's like the Kansas city chiefs, you know? Well, but the league knew about it too. And they chose not to question Kareem hunt. And I guess the reason is like, well, what was he going to say that he didn't say to the chiefs? Like, well, I get why the chiefs believed him. It's in their financial best interest. To competitive best interest. Yeah, yeah. In, in right? every way, their best interest, other than like, you know, if you think they have some sort of moral compass that they're worried about preserving, which they obviously I don't. don't. Think, I don't think that's uh, part but of yeah, the In every other more tangible measure, right. it's in all of their best interest to keep it's Kareem Hunt not, in uniform. It's not financially advantageous for the NFL to keep these things under wraps. Like, it gives them a bad name. I have a question about that. Yeah. Is it, though? Like, is it not like where's the proof that I mean, we know that like the NFL would be motivated if this was hitting their bottom line. And I agree that it's a massive PR hit that makes them look like at best total buffoons and yeah. at worst, like actively sweeping under the rug, real legitimate uh, cases yeah. of domestic violence. D has it hurt their bottom line, though? I mean, I guess not. Or they probably would change the way they're doing. Things. I think that's my biggest sort of like concern with like my faith in whether they're going to actually do anything it's like i don't think they're seeing it bear out in their bottom line and so therefore i don't think they give a shit yeah i mean uh, you know obviously it's 
it's not having an impact or or they probably would change their tactic to things yeah i just were i just wonder like you know they go out there and they try to talk about like we know that participation at younger ages for football is declining mm-hmm. and like their whole campaign around like why kids should play football is because it like teaches them responsibility and it teaches them teamwork and it makes them accountable to something and they learn to work hard and it's like lol to the accountability part but well yeah. <laughs> exactly but that's exactly it like okay so that's your whole campaign to this younger generation that's like not playing football not super interested in football and then here's the story that's breaking and yeah. like the two don't line up right like oh you're you're teaching kids about like being a good person and like how being a part of a team is so important and then you know homeboys out kicking girls in a hallway and like we're just like well as long as no one knows about it i guess it's okay we don't need to talk about it anymore right. yeah i mean it, it's in those camp like that campaign i think is really it's it's for parents to you know it's telling parents like we love football right like you love football we love yeah. football it's good for all these we reasons all watch like football we should all and we be love it. into it and it's also a little bit of a pr thing to make it appear as if the nfl cares about player safety which sure, they, they obviously don't, don't. but they like, sure don't yeah this is a bad one like this I, I definitely don't think the league whether it hits them financially or not enjoys being at the forefront of these like uh po- it, it's not political no. but like it's controversial a, it's, yeah i mean it's it's a being part of a conversation that has nothing to do with football whether that's anthem kneeling oh, yeah. or domestic violence issues or the concussion stuff which is obviously more closely related mm-hmm. to like what actually transpires on the field but like i don't think any nfl owner or roger goodell if you like gave him the truth serum or even not if you just <laughs> ask him straight up like is it good yeah. do you enjoy like, talking about this right. sort of stuff like do you, do you enjoy having to deal with these things like he would obviously say no of course but like yeah it it, it appears to me like the nfl's sort of mo in times like this is to do as little as possible and just keep playing football and like keep moving forward and just hope that the world that we live in which there's a new headline every day and like it'll just pass and everyone will forget about it Yeah, ignore and deflect yeah Uh, you know i just think like which is gross like that sucks like that's a shitty thing to do like to be to to, to be clear (laughs) like i'm just saying that that's what they have done and i think that's what they will continue to do but like yeah it also proves the league hasn't learned anything because when, when, did, this, when did we say the, so peek behind Rice. the curtain, Melissa and I just rewatched uh, the cream hunt video <laughs> and the Ray Rice video from yeah. how many years ago? Four. Long time. Yeah. I can't, one, I can't believe that was four years ago. I wonder if that woman has recovered from her concussion yet. Probably not, <laughs> but uh, they haven't learned anything because this is exactly the same way that this happened. Like, Oh, Hey Ray, did you like hit your fiance? Uh, maybe a little. <laughs> oh, that's not good. You shouldn't do that. So two, two games. games for that. And then video comes out and it's like, oh, dude. And it's the most brutal fucking yeah, thing you've ever seen. You didn't just like give her a Believe little slap. Me, we it's, just rewatched yeah, it. Yeah, and it still makes you like cringe. Oh, yeah. It's awful. It's, it's, it's way worse than the Kareem Hunt video in a lot of ways. Like no one should hit a woman, period, end of story. No one should hit anyone, frankly, period, end of for story. For sure. But it. It's not it's on bad. the same level. It's not on the same it's level. It's not on the same level. And, you know, but it's like... They look similar in the sense that they're both surveillance videos from hotels near <laughs> elevators. You know? Sure. Uh, they have that in common. But the Ray Rice thing is is in a different league yeah. of awfulness. But, and then the TMZ Sports breaks the video. And now, all of a sudden, they're like, well, that that's way worse than we thought it was. Yeah. So, like, we're going to have to give you more games. So, in the case of Ray Rice, he went from two games to eight games and eventually that's missed the whole it. season. Yeah. Because I think it was midseason anyways. And in the case of Kareem Hunt, he went from no punishment to dropped. Yeah. In that same period of time. I, my opinion, honestly, like I think the NFL is in a place where they need to adopt a flat punishment for any accusation of domestic violence, period. Like I honestly, like I think that's where they are. Like what they would so like, okay. Any think, accusation? Yeah. I oh. think so. Any cre- okay, we credible. Could put it this way. Any credible accusation at the discretion of the, sure. the yeah. commissioner would be who it would be, I would imagine. Yeah. But like they all, they would obviously have to like collectively bargain this and whatever. But like I honestly think it would be like if you get accused, credibly accused of domestic violence, you get four games, mm-hmm. quarter of a season, done. Like we're not the police. 
and we're not going to ban you from the league or kill the rest of your season. Or for that matter, we're not going to give you this like sliding scale punishment right. based on the degree How of bad severity, we think it is. the degree of publicity, i.e. whether mm-hmm. there's a video of it. Like, I think the league just needs to say, you know what? We're tired of all these people fucking smacking around their wives and girlfriends. If you do that, you're getting four games. I don't care if you're fucking right. Tom Brady or like Joe Blow, who's right. like on the practice squad. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, and but I think also the NFL needs to do more due diligence to prove the credibility of the accusation then. I think they can't let TMZ go out there and keep buying these videos and being the ones to put them out there. Like, you have money. If it costs $2,000 to get the video, go get the video. Go to the hotel, get the video, and, like, find out what happened so that you can accurately assess the situation. Yeah, but th- that to me comes back to, like, like, again, like, that's why I feel like it would... Like, cause they're not the cops, right? Like they're not going to like independently investigate every accusation that comes around, but like, you know, in, no, in, they in have this... more money and resources than the police. True. <laughs> this, this, this is, but like they, but that's also not like their job. Like they have a, they, you know, they're like a gigantic corporation that like has, has a primary objective to like make football happen every Sunday. Sure. But like, I just think I'm not saying that like, if I, if we roll back the clock, like 20 years, let's say it's like, the year 2000 and we're like drafting a CBA oh, and we're dealing with domestic violence or something like that. And I'm drunk cause I'm 20 and no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> and so that wouldn't have been my plan then, but like the, the, the four game, you know, flat fee mm-hmm. I, is my response to how poorly they've handled these things over the last five to seven years yeah. and like their negligence. Now I have, to, I feel like they have to swing hard in the other direction to be able to like compensate like a real a, a a more sort of well thought out solution i feel like is somewhere in between but i think they're just at a point now where they need to show people yeah that they need to have a zero tolerance we're doing policy. something about this like but we're not That's banning fair. people like you know we're not gonna just sure. ban kareem hunt kareem hunt for like for doing that video or no video you know Right, but if, so you take if, that out of the equation if that happened kareem hunt first of all if that happened and there was no video we wouldn't even have known about it but like Let's say he was accused. He says he didn't do it. Girl says he does do it. Okay, you're not going to like take his job away because of that. But now there's a video, so now he loses it. Like that whole thing is just like bullshit to me. Like the, the degree of publicity is what mm-hmm. drives the NFL's decision making more than the degree of severity of the act or any yeah. other factor. It's about whether there's photo or video evidence and whether it can get on like CNN. And if it does, then you're really fucked. Then yeah. you're done. Because like, <laughs> right. who's going to pick get, up like, Kareem the Hunt ultimate then? punishment. Well, yeah, because now he's like, Actually, that's a good question. Do you think he'll play again in the league? Yeah. Yeah, me too. I think <laughs> I think the f- he's young. He's really young. Like 23 or something. He's like a baby. He, yeah. I mean, last year was his rookie season. So, so, yeah. so Un- unlike Ray Rice, who was more or less back over the hill. half of his career. Definitely yeah. back nine. He may have had one or maybe max two yeah, maybe. decent years left. So it was easy for the NFL and all the teams to walk away from Ray Rice. Yeah, because I think what happens right now is it's like a hot story, right? Like this tape come out, came out. There's two more incidents that have since come out. One, So this happened in February, one from January, one from June, maybe? Oh, I didn't realize this was from February. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize long, it was that old. Oh, it was a long time ago. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's what... That's important. Well... The people need to know about this. <laughs> it's what makes it like extra... To your point, like it's what makes the publicity is leading to the punishment now. Because, like, the NFL and the team had plenty of time to find out what actually happened. And they could have probably handled it in the offseason had they done some due diligence where it would have been way less of a story. It would have been way less of a story. If they had gotten that video in early March, they talk about it, they suspend him for the first four games of the season. And then, like, everyone's kind of forgotten about it. Yeah. By then. You bring it out in the middle of the season, and now the Chiefs are cutting him. He's probably going to get suspended for... I don't know, all of next year. Yeah, come if he back comes in 2020. back, he might have to serve a suspension if he does come back. Yeah, so my, and that might be all of next year. And and to be clear, too, like, he deserved some amount of that because, like, it's a bad thing that he yeah, did. Yes. But, like, you shouldn't be punished based on whether or not there's video. You should be punished ba- right. based on what it is that you actually did. And I'm not trying to minimize what Kareem Hunt did, but, again, like, the comparable is Ray Rice and, like, that's and not not it, the comparable isn't only Ray Rice. There's tons, tons, yeah. volumes Foster, of Greg stories Hardy. of NFL players doing horrible, awful mm-hmm. things to all sorts of different types of people: your children, your wife, your girlfriend, oh, yeah, yeah. some stranger, your fucking you know partner in crime. If you're like, there's like tons and tons of awful, awful things. Yeah, and like I don't care to rank them, but if I was to rank them, this thing that kareem hunt did 
would not be near the top. It just, yeah, I don't know. It, it just wouldn't. wouldn't. Like, I, call me a fucking asshole for saying that if you want, but like, watch the video okay. and then like read up on what <laughs> yeah. Greg Hardy did to his girlfriend yeah, yeah. and then tell me where they rank. Uh, ranking them, not a not an enjoyable <laughs> experience, but like, eh. Not something that you're. We call it what you call a force rank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we call that in the, uh, in the corporate world. We yeah. call that a force, force rank. rank. Yeah. It's not ideal Anyways. situation. Yeah. I think, you know, it goes to like, and you kind of brought up like Aaron Hernandez and like, this same week, Browner was just convicted. Brandon Browner, yeah, former yeah. Patriots cornerback, convicted of attempted murder. Uh, yeah, so he's just an unsuccessful murderer. Like, okay, so he gets eight years for that. Like, okay, you get eight years for being shitty at murder. Like, that's not fair. You should get still murder <laughs> charges. Like, I don't get that at all. That's neither here nor there. That's yeah. about the criminal justice. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> but like, it sucks. Uh, you know, so it's like they have these massive massive problems with some of these players. And I think it kind of sucks if you're like a good guy that plays football and like you could be a cool role model for kids and like you don't get any attention because you're just like normal nice guy. And like, who cares yeah. about that guy? Where's the story leading the news cycle about uh, Patrick Chung helping an old woman walk across the street and carrying her groceries? <laughs> yeah. One time I was walking in the mall. Actually, I don't know why I just thought of Patrick Chung, but I was walking in the mall and I dropped something and Patrick Chung picked it up and he was like, hey, man. And I was like, huh? And he handed what? Hand it to me. Was it one of those moments where you like didn't recognize it was him when it happened? I pretty much recognized him right off the bat. Oh, really? Uh, but yeah, that was I fun. don't think I would have. That's like an out of context so, situation where I would have been like, "How do I know that guy? I really, <laughs> I wonder if he yelled at me at work one time." <laughs> so, and point I would have been story, skittish about it. Point of that story is that it's plausible that Patrick Chung would help an old lady across yeah, the street. He seems like a decent gentleman. And those are the types of stories we should be highlighting. Right, but, but here we, we don't. are. We hear about Chandler Jones hopped up on like PCP, turning himself into the foxborough police department True story i forgot about that too yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's all sorts of good shit that comes out and it's like that one also not so bad not so bad in comparison definitely not so Certainly bad not way down there that's way down <laughs> yeah, there I mean, when you compare it to like you know the that's, in like the, that's in like situation. ricky williams territory yeah, like yeah. this guy just likes to smoke pot <laughs> yeah. he's got a shitty friend that gave him some bad weed that's not his fault yeah, seriously. he didn't do anything he fucking drove himself to a police station <laughs> true story I, I just think it's like the NFL needs to find a way to change the narrative around this. And I think the way they change the narrative is to take control of it. Yeah. And and again, like my opinion would just be like, you say, hey, anybody that's accused is getting this at this point. Mm -hmm. And like, we understand that that yeah. may negatively impact some innocent people. But, but it, like, that's why it's a four gamer. And like, then you're back. You know, right. maybe there's an appeals process. I don't know. I'm not a fucking lawyer and I'm not a labor <laughs> lawyer, even if I was a lawyer. But like, th they can hammer this out. There's a way. Because the other thing is, when they do have the next CBA, whenever that's going to be, mm -hmm. the collective bargaining agreement, and like that happens every however many years, and you always hear about whether or not there's going to be a lockout, whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. If you're the like head of the Players Association, are you really going to let the headline be NFL locked out because Players Association <laughs> refuses to get punished for domestic <laughs> violence? Like, that would well, be a yeah. strange hill to die on. I'm not saying that the players would support that, but, like, you're not, like, you can't possibly take that stance publicly, can well, you? And if you were the majority of the players who don't do these things... The vast majority of players, you, you gotta believe, be are like, not doing this, yes. Yeah, I want that, too. I'm sick of the headline being, like, NFL player suspended, NFL player charged with murder, NFL player caught drunk driving, and, like... Yeah, and I mean, fuck, the, dude! Like, the, I'm just Philip Rivers trying to have my nice <laughs> kid over here. I just want someone to be a good role model for them. Yeah, I'm, I'm Antonio Cromartie. I've got 16 kids. Like, I'm trying to find a role model. Like, I don't see any in this locker room. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the thing is, is it's not gonna fucking. Oh. It's not gonna actually reduce the crimes. Like, the, like the, the crimes or no. instances, whatever you want to call them. Sure. Like, no, they're crimes. It's not gonna reduce the crime. It is a crime. And yeah, assault is a crime. Yeah. <laughs> But what it will do is it, it like it doesn't solve the domestic violence problem. Like I don't have a solution for that. No. What it does solve is the PR problem that right. the NFL has, which, which is all appearing the NFL can to control. be again like at best total idiots. Yeah, fumbling around with how to deal with stuff like this, and at worst like willfully participating in like cover ups of events mm. that make their star yeah. players look bad. So what are you mm. gonna do? Anyway, <sighs> good news for the Patriots that Kareem Hunt's gone from the Chiefs though. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. Last I feel like a real dick saying that, like, but I was like, well, that's not the worst thing that's happened to the Patriots this year. It's so funny how that stuff seems to happen. It was like all around the same time last week, it was like the Steelers lose in horrific fashion oh, at home God. after committing three penalties I have a consecutively round about that. on yeah. a game-winning field goal, Brutal. and the fucking Chiefs lose their star running back, yeah. and you're just like, oh, okay, good but week for the past. Good it, week like the past. taking an abrupt left and talking about how it relates to the Patriots, it is that like 
luck of the Patriots that like this shit just seems to happen for them. Like, okay. So two of your biggest com- competitors competition in the league had like that Steelers loss was a real morale killer. Totally. And Kareem hunt being kicked off the team is like, check, check. <laughs> like, yeah. Good for us. I guess it's bizarre that things shitty things like this happen to other teams. And it, happens to help the Patriots like every fucking time. Yeah. And the Patriots aren't immune to it, but like they no, are obviously not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we were just talking before we recorded about the recent gladiator podcast oh, yeah. from the globe. Yeah. That was a uh, big all plug about for Aaron that. Hernandez. If you haven't listened to it, it's great. You should definitely check it out. You will feel bad, confused. It's just a compelling You'll story. Hate everybody I it. mean, like it's weird cause we're still pretty close to it. Yeah. But like it's a, it's, it's a thought provoking and interesting thing to like be to hear the whole story, yeah. like, I don't want to say cradle to grave because that's like kind of <laughs> morbid, but it kind of is that though. It's interesting that's too the because term it, that you use, it's not my fault. It's not done by sports reporters, it's done by the spotlight team and Holler, who's a sure who like kind of MCs the whole thing, but like the investigative part was the spotlight team right, right, who right, right. is like notorious for breaking big stories mm-hmm. and like having these not getting subverted pieces. by TMZ. Yeah, yeah, they don't get undercut. <laughs> Yeah, they got that whole Catholic Church thing just locked up. Yeah, totally. All right. Uh, you feel okay about that? That was very good. Feel heavy. like you got all your takes off your chest? Yeah. Uh, shall we get to the lightning round? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. All right. Lightning round time. First Let's question is not really a question, but it's a take brought to us by uh, Dan and Concord. Hey, this is Dan from Concord. Real impressive win by the Patriots. Jimmy Devlin, baby, two touchdowns. Gotta love the fullback. The Patriots can make a run here in the playoffs. I like the fact that they can run the ball and have been deeing it up real solid. J.C. Jackson, another one of those undrafted guys coming out of nowhere in the past secondary. I think we are watching a well-rounded football team that's starting to find its stride. Thanks, guys. So I've got a take on this. Okay, go ahead. I agree that they're a well-rounded football team. Yeah. But it's like, so I was at that game, uh, the Minnesota game, and I'll tell you. Humble brag. It was, it felt like I was on the road in Minnesota watching them play. Cause if they were on the road in that game, you would have come away from it saying that was a great road game. They like managed time of possession. Mm. They ran the ball a ton. They played really stout defense and they got out of there with the win. Like if they were on the road, you would have said perfect road win, not sexy, but did what you needed to do. Great. But like the well-roundedness thing is like, that's true because in Patriots land, we were used to seeing really lopsided teams with really good offenses and pretty average to poor defenses. And the defense is good on this team. Like I think they actually yeah, have yeah. a good defense and they're and they're playing. It's coming well, together. And it seems to be coming together. Stephon Gilmore, number one uh, corner in the league, right? Number one ranked corner. Yeah, totally. And uh look at me with my facts. Totally. <laughs> and the offense has taken a step back. I mean, I don't think it's really it, it seems pretty clear that they're not on par with the offenses we've seen in the past from the sure, Patriots. Yeah. But you could look at that and say like, okay, well step back in one department and step up in the other is like, yeah, I mean, that's a well-rounded football team. Yeah. It would be nice if the offense could have stayed at the, at the level they were at last year and like the year before and the year before that and the defense then step up, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like, you don't want to do? see one come down for the other exactly. to go up. Like, but it by kinda... calling it real, well-rounded, this is a nice way to put it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's very nice positioning of right, like right. how they're playing. Yeah, I think it is good to see the defense. We kind of talked about this last week when we talked about that Kansas City uh, The Charger? LA game? Yeah, LA. The big shootout? Yeah, yeah, yeah that game? big blowout. Yeah. And we were like, oh, well, how could the Patriots survive in that? And it's like, well, their defense wouldn't have. <laughs> and your take basically was like, they yeah. won't have to because right, that they're won't happen. A, smart and won't commit that many turnovers and B, their defense is better than those teams. Right, is more solid than those teams. And and I think that holds true. And we saw that in that in that Vikings game. It like got close a little bit there, you know, particularly around the uh, halftime. Yeah, right the before the half, quarter. it was. But, you know, they pulled it together and came through. And I thought like... It was a song, strong, solid win for them because the Vikings were like a genuine competitor. Yeah, and they, they were like game. six and four or something like that. Their record wasn't really that scary, but they're yeah, talented but they're a better team than like that. Like their roster is really good. Yeah, and like the Patriots defense made them a a, a, a non factor. Yeah. All anyway, right, where are we? I, I got one for you. Oh, perfect. This is a fun one. The <laughs> NHL announced it was bringing a franchise to Seattle this week. They'll begin playing in the 2021-2022 
season. Uh, any thoughts on what they should name the team? And then and, that's the fun part. And then second to that is, do you think hockey needs slash can handle more franchises? Because that brings them to 32. Um, good question. So starting with the name thing, it seems like t- the Seattle Totems, Seattle Emeralds, Seattle Rainiers, and Seattle Sockeyes. Sockeyes? I don't know what the fuck that shit is. That reminds me of like a hand puppet. Probably some sort of indigenous bird or something I don't like, like that. It. I don't know. But uh, those are the sort of leaders in the clubhouse for the names. I, I think heard- Rainiers would be sick. Ra- Mount Rainier is like the big ass mm-hmm. mountain in Seattle. I got it. I um, heard people petitioning to bring back the whalers. That would be interesting. Like make them the Seattle whalers. That would be interesting. But uh, I don't think my problem with the expansion isn't. I mean, I think Seattle totally is going to be a great NHL city. It's a good sports city, anyways. Like they fucking go nuts for the Seahawks. Uh, they are rel- reasonably into the Mariners, I think, mm-hmm. and they are pissed that the Supersonics went to yeah. Oklahoma City. They sure were. So I think I think the franchise will do very well. They also love that soccer team, Seattle Sounders. I think it is. Yeah. Like yeah. they're they're like huge into fucking MLS. But anyways, so I think Seattle is going to be a good NHL city. I wish they moved one of the crap. Like, why don't we move the fucking Coyotes there or something? Th- that's exactly what I or thought, too. Or the Panthers or, like, one of these crap-ass, like, s- below the Mason-Dixon line teams. Yeah. But it's not, it's obviously, like, it's not that easy because you got to, like, convince that ownership group to leave as opposed to just getting a new ownership group. And it was imbalanced because since the Knights, you now have 31, so it makes yeah, sense yeah. that you make 32. But I'm psyched. I think it's going to be cool. Yeah, they'll have a good rivalry with Vancouver, too right there over the border and i i agree i think seattle was a great choice for a city to put a hockey team Mm -hmm. but like you i was like why don't we move some of these shitty southern teams up to like you know where people play and understand hockey yeah move them to places where the ponds freeze in the winter yeah and they've seen ice before then you've got a fucking team on your hands yeah i'm i'm excited that should be fun yeah uh okay one for you yeah the green bay packers this week fired (laughs) their head coach mike mccarthy um, after the Packers have had a pretty bad season. Yeah. Um, they're in the middle of it, but it's pretty bad. It's first coach in Packers history, history to be fired mid-season. Oh, wow. Um, Good fun fact. There's obviously plenty of rumors swirling around about who's going to take over this job. One of the names that you hear floating around uh, these conversations is Patriots offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels. Uh, so my question, Melissa, is if you were McDaniels, would you be interested? And if you were the Packers, would you want Josh as your head coach? If I were McDaniels, hell yeah, I'd be interested. That's a great gig. You got Aaron Rodgers. Is it? Yeah. It's a good football city. Is it? I would take it. Oh, it's a good football city. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to, you're, it's not like, oh, your team's bad and you're not going to sell out the stadium. Like, you're not going to worry about that. You're always going to play in front of a full crowd. Of course. Of course. Right. You got Aaron Rodgers, who, like, arguably is, like, not the Aaron Rodgers that he was five years ago, but, like, He's so good. You could coach him up a little bit. If he plays, says if he wants to be coached. Yeah, if he's playing for a coach that he likes, because you're starting to hear stories now about like the degree. Talk about fucking like like palace intrigue, like we were talking Ooh. about over the uh, Patriots offseason between a riff oh, yeah, between yeah. coach and quarterback. Like you're hearing some stuff between there. Like they literally wouldn't talk. Yeah, they like, just the ignored backup, each other. The backup quarterback was like the go between between the head coach of the team and the quarterback. Like, that's like the translator. Brutal. That's bad. Yeah. Uh, the flip side, though, if I were the Packers, I yeah. wouldn't want McDaniels because you're going to need your next head coach with your G. I don't know if they what their GM situation is because they're like fucking weird. They owned have, by the city. They do have a G owned by the city. <laughs> this is a publicly traded situation. They have a GM. They don't have a proper owner, but there's this one guy who's like the majority or, or at least like the largest stakeholder yeah. who's like sort of the voice of ownership, quote unquote. Okay. But I think they do have a regular old GM. Well, because they're going to need to draft the next quarterback, and that hasn't necessarily been McDaniel's strength. He did draft Tim Tebow. He sure did. Uh, you know, so I don't, I don't know that I would look to him as the person that's going to like successfully build our future. I think mm. if you already thought you had the future quarterback there, he could be the right guy to like build him well, up. But I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to be like a really good quarterback for the next at least five seasons assuming you think health. it's five seasons and it's not that old yeah but he gets hurt kind of a lot true yeah. so i i would i would be nervous about that and like is he deteriorating faster than like a tom brady type and i don't think mcdaniels is the guy to uh, pick the next guy gotcha but do you think in the win now if they're in win now mode would josh mcdaniels be your guy hmm 
Yeah, I don't think so. Either. I don't think so. He doesn't have a great track record of sure being like the guy. He's never been able to do it without Tom Brady. But but Aaron Rodgers is a pretty good. I mean, if you're gonna have anybody else, sure, I guess, yeah, you know. And the fucking shit he pulled in Indianapolis, I'd be nervous about signing him. True. I'd be like, I don't want to. You're not just gonna back out on me again. But I've heard crazy shit like like people are turning down college football jobs because they want to be on McDaniel's staff when he goes to Green Bay. And I'm like, what are you doing? See, if I was Josh, I wouldn't want to go to Green Bay. Why? Because. Too cold? I'd want to get a fresh start somewhere. Because if you go to Green Bay, their expectations are extremely high, as they should be, because they have like a great quarterback, which is the hardest thing to come by in all of fucking sports. And so like, I feel like you can really, it's either win a fucking Super Bowl or more, or you're a failure. You know, so versus you do, if like he takes Cleveland? over the Browns, yeah. let's say, who Baker think Mayfield. they might have something going with Baker Mayfield, there's a whole wide variety of outcomes that could be seen as positive. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's more paths to success where I feel like when you're in Green Bay, like they're like, you got to win a Super Bowl, at least one Super Bowl here now with this quarterback, with this team, like in the next three to five years, mm-hmm. you have to, or else it's a failure. Like it just is. Yeah, but I think like similar to, you know, you were just talking about like Aaron Rodgers, a great quarterback. And it's like, so could he help make you look good for a season or two? Also true. And then it buys you a little cred to like stick around. Whereas like if you suck in Cleveland, they're blaming you, not Baker Mayfield. And like you're out the door again. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. And I now just feel you like look it's like, like, oh, you failed in Denver. You backed out of Indy. You failed in Cleveland. Where it's like you could go to Green Bay and have... And be good. A couple winning seasons, yeah, yeah, yeah. get to the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers is probably going to play hard for you for as long as he can because he hated Mike McCarthy so much. And it's like, all right, you don't have a bad thing going. Yeah, I guess in the eyes of Packers fans, you might be a failure. But I suppose in the eyes of the rest of the league right. and in your viability right. as a coach and as a career, then you wouldn't be seen. As right. As far as like getting another job. If you just like got them to the, pl- you, you know. If you get fired in year four, coaching Green Bay, I think you would be considered more successful than if you got fired in you're two coaching the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I got another question for you. Cool. <laughs> we mentioned in the opening about Charlie McAvoy being seen skating during practice, but not being out on the ice for games. Right. Do you think that there is a problem with his health? First of all, like, do you think there's a legitimate reason why he's not out on the ice? Or do you think he is kind of like, well, I'm not hundred percent. I'm only 95. And like, I'm refusing to come back until I'm hundred percent. Um, so he, the last time he played for the Bruins, uh, was October 18th Yeah, and it's now December 5th. 5th. Uh, so uh, that's a long time and sixth. it was a concussion. Whatever. Sixth. Oh, you said it so confidently. I know. And it's going to be the seventh by the time people hear this. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, it's early December. So fuck off everybody. He's been out with a concussion and it's not really clear like when it even happened. Like no one yeah. even knows. Like there wasn't like a singular <laughs> hit. He just like had the symptoms i guess sure so my concern with charlie mcavoy i don't actually mind if he's being like extra cautious around the concussion mm-hmm. thing he also has like this like heart condition that was like something last year i remember but like and then he had like a knee injury at the end of last season so whatever i actually don't mind if he's being extra cautious about his health yeah. what i do mind is he's gonna be a restricted free agent next year and then a free agent the year after that and like if he is not on the ice that much, it puts the Bruins in a really weird position because if he's as good as we think he's going to be and he plays, then like easy decision. You throw a bunch of money at Charlie McAvoy and you have a franchise defenseman for the next fucking 10 years or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if he's kind of like, ooh, like is this guy like kind of glass jawed? Like what's the deal? It, I don't know. It just puts the Bruins in a weird position of like a should they or shouldn't they sign him? Because he's going to command like, Seven, eight, nine million dollars a year, which in the NHL is like huge. I know. That, like Crazy. Steve Pierce wipes his ass with fucking five million dollars, but stupid. That's like among the highest paid defensemen in the league. So I don't know. It makes me nervous just for like long term. Like I'd like for him to come back right now because like I could be on the fucking Bruins starting roster as a defenseman Seriously. right now. Uh, but as far as like, it doesn't actually bother me like personally. Like if I were him, like I'm not so sure I would do anything different. Like you should be concerned about your health and your, and again, like he's going to be lining up that next big contract. Wow. So he wants to make sure when he plays, he's good. You know? The, well, and that's a hundred percent. What I think it is, is that he, because he's getting ready for a contract year, right? He, he wants to make sure that like his 
stats look great. Yeah. And when if you you're see playing the film, it's 85, good 90%, you're not going to be great. And like, it gives teams leverage to hold against you. Whereas it would be really hard for a team to hold against you. Like, Oh, I was injured. So I didn't play. Like, yeah, I was injured. I was hurt. You can't. And especially where it's a concussion thing. Cause like you can't fucking force people back from that. Like the whole Mark Savard thing. Ha- like we know how, what an impact concussions can have on like a person's life yeah not you just also their career you also can't see the symptoms like a right. doctor can't like clear you right it's not like a knee where it's like your tendons healed dude you're like you're yeah, good to yeah, go yeah. Like, this fucking doctor says that you're good so why right. are you not why good? are you not playing and so i do think that maybe he's a little like well i'm not getting back out there because i don't want it to impact my bottom line a year from now or two years from now when i'm fully a free agent if i don't sign with the bruins yeah which is like good good for him as he like that's what he should do but like it's it's not hockey player mentality i hope that well i i (laughs) just hope that like when he comes back he's able to stay healthy and play and be good for the bruins because i want it to be a bruin like i don't just i'm not just a charlie mcavoy fan i don't know what you know what i mean like yeah like right you're not sure i want him to not only get a big contract but i want it to be from us like i I want him to be on this team not just any team you're not gonna cheer for him if he's on the flyers no i certainly won't so i just hope that like you know it doesn't go on so long that it actually puts in jeopardy the bruins's interest and if they're Mm -hmm. saying like we're only gonna give you like five or six million he's like fuck you i want eight or nine and i can get it elsewhere yeah like that would really suck we'll see what happens uh okay i have one last question for you that's gonna be really lightning-ish oh okay are the celtics fixed no okay (laughs) I don't think so either. Well, who's a- coming up this week? Knicks, Bulls, Pelicans? Yeah. What if they win all three? So they will have one five in a row in that case. Ooh, that would feel better. I would be more optimistic next week, but I would still say no. Because hmm. you need to see it long term. I want to see like Hayward having success out of the starting lineup again, if that's where he's going to play. Um, yeah. And I think you made this point earlier and I agree. Like, I think they need to rip off like 12 in a row. And then I'd be like, okay, this is the team that we expected to see yeah if they and in who if they if we come back next week and they've won these three games which they should like yeah. those the knicks and the bulls are trash and the pelicans are fine but like they should win those games yes and if we come back and they've won five in a row and it's like all right then i feel a little bit better feel better and they have a, if they can then win you know 11 out of 12 or something like sure. that like they gotta like they gotta do that and they gotta beat some good teams sure like they need to you know beat toronto but what's interesting about the struggles they've had is like they have they sort the of good have teams. been <laughs> yeah. decent against the good team. They haven't played that many of them, but yeah. like, uh, I think they beat Philly. They went and what they're split with mm-hmm. Toronto. Like, I don't know. They've been like, it's been the trash teams that they haven't gotten their heads yeah, out of their ass against. Rolling on, uh, i.e. the Knicks. They lost to them earlier this season. For sure. So, uh, all right. Well, cool. Right. This well, was fun. This was great. We had lots of thoughts this week. Next week, we will either be singing the Bruins praises or digging their grave. Panicking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah panic in the streets. Same is also true for the Celtics too. Like they're both sure kind of be. in this very, they're te- like yeah. not teetering necessarily, but like the Celtics seem like they're stepping out of a hole and the Bruins seem like they might be <laughs> stepping into one. Yeah. So we'll see. Deeper and deeper they go. And the Patriots will probably be uh, division champs. Yet Knock on wood. Let's hope so. Uh, well, Fucking very Dolphins. Cool. Follow us on Twitter. Yeah. At Titletown Pod. And uh, give us a call if you got a hot take. Talking to you. Dan, the Dolphins fan, uh, 904-87-TT-POD is the number. And uh, we look forward to hearing your takes next week. Bye. Later.